Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. And it's set by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Standing in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. Gets his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leash been to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here is Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody and welcome to the show. It is Inside the Ropes Day 2 of the 2019 Australian Open. Done and dusted. Uh, we've been here. Part of the AO radio coverage, uh, wrapping up what has been a fascinating day of golf. Andy Ma uh, is here. That's me, of course. <laughs> I he? am here. I am here. Well done. I am here along with Martin Blake, Gazelle and Mark Hayes. Gazelle, I don't know about you, but it's been a pretty dusty day today. Bit of pretty warm out there and nothing better we're not going to get carried away about this but nothing better than the end of a hard day's work to just grab a lovely yender beer and just have a quiet one while we're having a chat about the great days golf and i notice i notice that you have a personalized label on your lovely yender i've actually been drinking this for about three days without realizing that someone's pointed that out to me so your nickname is the chief well i've got a few nicknames but hazy likes to call me the chief the chief right yeah so you've so, got the chief. I've got one here too. I could have a bath in this tonight. Oh, no, it's very nice. Don't you say a word yet. We've got some theatre to be playing out here. I've got mine here, uh, Andy's Ale. So the good oh, people nice. at Yender have been good enough to give us our own... Personalised. Personalised beers, if you don't mind. Okay. Now, you've been very quiet in the early stages of this. What? Hello? Hello, Yender? Are you... What are you, a block of flats or something? I am. I'm a ham sandwich, a very sizable ham sandwich, but nonetheless... Andy's ale, the Chief's ale. Where's Hazy's ale, Yender? Come on. You probably need that a is, bourbon, the truth be known. That, okay. is, that is actually outright. Well, that's true. You're not a beer. I mean, as much as you, if I, you were a beer drinker, you'd drink the Yender. I'd be all over Yender. You'd be over the Yender for sure. But um, perhaps it's because you're not. Yeah, it's lovely. Oh, this is cruel. <laughs> oh, this is cool because I know people love Yender, and I definitely would if there was a little crisp, hazy lager or something. But pale ale, Yender, you'd be a You'd be a heavy stout. <laughs> hazy stout, wouldn't it? I'm a big, full-bodied, <laughs> heavy trunk stout. <laughs> Rather than a fruity little summer ale like like Blakey. I've got a bad rap. I think, I think I'm more, yeah, sort of Mexican beach-style sort of light. <laughs> oh, is that right, is it? <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, grass skirts and Hawaiian... All that sort of stuff. Well, I'm, I'm very envious of the Chief's Ale and Andy's Ale. Thank you to Yenda. Thanks for forgetting the bloke who's sat in the middle of the podcast for 133 episodes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Anyway, Chopped uh, liver, we call you. <laughs> day two is in the book. We don't often uh, start with those who have missed the cut, uh, but it has been the big story. It actually oh. has been the big story today. Oh, we've... We, Went out this morning and we knew that Adam Scott needed to do something. We calculated a 67, mm. and I'm sure he did too. To get back to even par, that's where the cut sort of lay at the end of the day one. And if the wind didn't blow on day two, we expected something similar. If the wind got up, it might have got out. He shot a 67 with a 
spectacular finish. An up and oh, down really after awesome. a penalty drop yep. on the ninth, and we just thought, well, how good's that? A bit of theatre on Friday morning. It's sort of a Sunday afternoon sort of feel about it. Mm-hmm. And we thought, he's good. He's home. Even par for the tournament. And lo and behold, Andy, five or six hours later, bang, the guillotine of professional golf has chopped Adam Scott's Australian Open Dreams head off. We're in the process of trying to uh, work out, actually, whether he's ever missed the cut at the Australian Open because he has a great record, doesn't he? He's, he won it in 2009. He's had another, a number of high finishes. Uh, we haven't quite got to the bottom of that, but one thing I do know is he hasn't missed it as a pro. We're mm. just trying to find out if he missed it, ever missed it as an amateur. I'm not even sure whether he ever played as an amateur. I imagine he would have. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he would have. I'll go, I will be able to check that out, which is no good for the podcast right now. I'm <laughs> no. sorry, but we've been running around, and I'm sure people can appreciate that. He's not a that. miscut guy, Scotty, is he? No, no. And, and, and he, yeah. in, in, a crazy, in a crazy world, he would have been quite satisfied with what he did today. I mean, oh, he would have yeah. liked to have shot a couple better, and he needed to in the end. But, you know, what he said to, what he said to you, you know, the, the gathered media at the end of his first round, he was quite calculated. He, he laid out what his game plan you know, had to be, and he's gone out and, and ticked the box, well, ticked the boxes. Unfortunately, it's come up one short. Yeah, just a miscalculation in terms of that box, but, I mean, in theory, it was great. He's going to play six subpar, nine-hole components of yep. rounds. Yep. One of those will be low, and he'd be right in the mix at the end of play. Well, he basically lived up to that deal today, yeah. but the rest of the field was too good, and that's that's the price you pay. We, we were trying to say yesterday, during round one, when things were getting away, it's not critical right now but he needs to turn it around and he yeah. did he, we thought he might have with birdie on the last hole yesterday but just one shot too few so for those too who many as the case may be who maybe weren't watching any sort of the tv coverage picked up joint joined us obviously after the scott rounded finish but it was close to finishing but the way it ended on nine was which was oh. his last hole was um was a bit cruel uh, to be truthful it was a bit cruel yeah so he'd uh made a brilliant birdie on seven got back to square uh, made a tradesman's like par up the eighth the hard eighth um hardest hole on the course that uh, one. Yeah, yeah and he, you know two putted for par stood on the ninth tee if, if there was any breeze at all it was helping but he took out the driver knowing that the water in theory at least was out of reach mm. How far uh, is that, Hazy? Well, know? I can tell you exactly how far okay. it is, Blakey, because he stood on the tee, clubbed the driver. The second bounce, he hit a tiny little fade, he told me afterwards, so he thought it was shaping away from the water. Second bounce hit the the, uh, the crosswalk, took a bit of a shoot forward off the heart of grass and turned left and went into the water at 347 yards. Yards. Yards, he told me. He was he was calculating exactly where it was. Yeah. I've got a memory of seeing seeing one or two balls going there in the past. Oh, no. Well, balls have definitely yeah. gone in there in the past. Yeah. No question. Three, four, seven yards is in play if, if there's a helping breeze and a, a bounce. It was only just a helping breeze, but yeah. it, you know, he clubbed that ball and he walked over the rise. Andy and I were doing AO radio at the time. He walked over the rise and he, he was blown away. He couldn't believe yeah. it because not yeah. only did he hit it 347, which is epic in itself, uh, but he hit it with a little fade. As I said, in his, in his mind... That's perfect. That's yeah. tracking away from the water if there's any crisis with length. Yeah, and there it was. He's ten, got it. He's ten, got once he's hit that drive, he's got a hundred. He's got a he's got a, a, a wedge of a hundred yeah. meters to the back pin. Yeah. and the worst he's going to do is four, which he made anyway. So he, but, he took a drop the yeah. pen, out of the. Uh, I have to call it hazard. I can't just not call, call it hazard. hazard. <laughs> yeah, no, I would forgive you. He came back 10, 10 meters, had a hundred and twelve in, and nipped it to about ten or twelve feet downhill. 
beautiful putt, hit Great. the flag, yeah. holding speed was perfect, dropped in. The crowd went nuts because they were celebrating. Adam Scott's made the cut, mm. hurrah. The favourite of before the tournament was uh, yeah. alive and... Lo and behold, here he is at even par. He's missed the cut. And we've done it again. You know what we've done? We haven't mentioned Matty Jones yet. No, no. We, that, that's, and we, and we <laughs> I know we're getting it. We apologised that, off the stuff because that was the big story. And you know yeah. what? On a Friday, I think the cut's as sure. big a part yeah. of the story as what's happening at the top end of the leaderboard anyway because the rest of that's going to play out. We may as well stay down there, Andy, just for a second just and wrap that up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So others at even par who've missed the cut. Uh, unfortunately, Brady White, who showed a bit of forms in that category. Minwoo Lee's was disappointing oh. today. He was very flat walking off. 74, he was very flat. Uh, Ash Hall, a previous runner-up here, finished square. He's gone. James Nitties is gone. Unfortunately, Cameron Percy's gone. Told me a funny story as he walked away from the clubhouse too, Andy. Um, He said, have you ever had Paddy Welsh destroy your Australian Open? And I said, what? And he goes, four times on the back nine. He was mid-backswing and on the big screens that have a bit of commentary playing. All he could hear was Paddy Welsh go, Mark Leishman goes to six under. <laughs> so he kept, the, the volume was up. My volume was sufficiently oh, up that Jesus. Cam Percy could hear Paddy Welsh. He wasn't potting Paddy. We no, no, no. Paddy. So Cam Percy's gone. Uh, Rian Gibson is at one under, one over and gone. Mike Weir's gone. Dylan Perry, unfortunately, couldn't make it back from his bad first round today. Uh, Sergio Garcia was another disappointment, well, Andy. Well done to you. CT Pan. CT Pan was an, another a flat no, result. Well done to you and Sergio. I thought you were being deliberately controversial in a game we played on Wednesday night, um, but you declared that you didn't think that Sergio could win the tournament. No, I, um, I just and, had that feeling. Lucas yeah. Herbert, um, plainly injured and um, you know, struggled around, did well today with the 73, but he's going home at six over. I'm just trying to sign the big names. Ernie yeah, Els. Yeah, yeah. Ogilvy. Uh, Ogilvy's gone. Um, there, it goes on. Nick Ahern, we probably didn't expect him to make the cut. Uh, Jamie Lovemark was a disappointment, the big yeah. American. But they're the, they're the people who are not going to be around. There's a, there's a fair swag of them. CT Pan and Adam Scott will disappoint um, Ernie Els. No doubt. So, so it was a day made for pretty good scoring today. The, the heavy smoke from the bushfires not too far away from Sydney uh, is still present, but it wasn't quite as heavy today. The, the atmosphere was a bit lighter. The breeze was negligible. There, there was yes. no wind today. There was an occasional gust of breeze more than wind. So the course was a, as gettable as the Australian is ever going to be gettable in tournament play. And you go to the top of the leaderboard, and there's several players who have taken advantage of it today. And, you know, we've got some good scoring um, and some it, – it's a fasc- – I think it's a fascinating It's a top good leaderboard. Team. It's an unusual leaderboard, I reckon. We've got two – very international. Absolute world-class international players who will demand the attention of golf fans all over the world in Casey and Oosthuizen. You've got Matt Jones, previous winner here at the top. You've got an American who's sort of lost his way a bit – um, without actually falling off the cliff in the last 12 to 18 months in Cameron Tringali. And then around them, there are so many store, individual stories attached to so many players who are either stepping out for the first time, early stages, who the hell's he, thought he was gone, <laughs> thought he was injured, he's come back from no... It's, it's actually a heap of amateurs... Uh, it's seven, it's really are, good. There are seven amateurs among the uh, all the guys to make the cut. I'm just going to go down and find that number. I think it's 71. It is 71. The seven amateurs, which is a staggering result to me. I know that we've talked about the the, the rise of the amateur and, and uh, Clates has somehow sort of 
you know, kept us tempered with that, that it's not unusual. But seven out of 71, you know, nearly 10%, obviously, is a pretty fair result, right. I would have thought, for so, the amateur clan. So somebody who will know, there's got to be some boffin out there who keeps all of these statistics, Blakey, the ones that, you, you know, Adam Scott, has he missed? Mm. How, what's the greatest proportion of amateurs that's ever made the cut yeah. at an Australian Open? Somebody, somebody somewhere will, you know, will know the answer to that straight off the top so of the So 10% head. of the field. And Elvis Smiley, 17 years of age, from the Gold Coast, gets in. Not only gets in, he's, uh, where is he in the top 20? He's 18th at the moment. Uh, well, let's run through the amateurs. We might as yeah. well do that. So Takumi Kanaya is the back, is the pick of them on the scoreboard. Uh, two under today, eight under in total. Uh, Kevin Yu from Taiwan, seven under, joined by Lucas Michel. Another great round today, 67 by the Masters-bound Victorian. Hayden Hopewell from Perth just continues to Good impress. Good this and kid. Back-to-back 68s yeah. to be six under. Uh, Elvis Smiley, as you mentioned, Blakey at five under the card. Uh, Louis Dobbler, despite a six today on the 17th, still carded a 67, so that's super impressive. The young Queensland is finding a bit of form. He's at three under in total. Uh, and the other amateur to make the cut is an, an incredible storyline in himself. His first Australian Open, an invite by Golf Australia, the Nevada-based Jack Trent from, yes, Queen, from good Queensland. Good bomber. Good on him. We had him on the show not that long ago, and he, uh, I think we all got off the line from him and thought, yeah, we like the sound of this bloke. We like the cut of his chip. So, so Jones, a winner around here back in but We all know the story now. Ten under the card. Made a couple of blues um, with some, some less than pure iron play. But he's, he just, there, there is something about him here. Definitely, he, he definitely he, he has he grows a leg in racing parlance around this place. There's no question about that. So the record says that he won here in 2015. In 2017, he was runner-up to mm. Cameron Davis, who shot a really low number on the last day, 64, I think. Uh, so he just loves it here. He keeps saying that he knows where to miss. Yep. Which amateurs, you know, you say that to amateurs, and they go, "What are you talking about?" Well, it's just. There are worse places than others, and you don't go to the bad place. So mm. he knows exactly where to miss. Look, the, since he was a member here when he was a teenager, Jack Nicholas has come in and redone all the greens. So it is a little bit different. But let's face it, it's the same piece of land. Um, he just loves it here. It's his field of dreams. And, uh, you know, it, the fact of the matter is, Matty Jones here, it's just a form line that you, you have to follow. Ten under through two rounds here is is pretty pretty good golf. He's, he's very been very commercial. He was tied for the lead coming up the last, par, obviously, par five. The 18th hits it on the back of the green there and two putts with par. Yeah. Very, very sort of calm, very, you know, going about his job. Uh, Hazy asked him at the press conference whether he minded that he, he never he's never part of the pre-publicity. He doesn't get on the posters. <laughs> he doesn't do a press conference before, Hazy, does he? And he, with, just, he, he, he had a good answer. He said, <laughs> I like it that way. I prefer it that way, you know. I just... I have interviewed Matt Jones. He was one of my picks, Andy. Mm. He was my number two pick behind Adam Scott. I have interviewed Matt Jones. Jeez, you've, been on a roller co- you've been on a roller coaster ride, really, with you. I have. Pre-tournament you predictions. Put, amazingly, you haven't put the... Oh, well, you've put the anchor on, Scotty. Oh, it, wanted, it was you. I wanted, it was you. I wanted on the record that I am running off Abraham Anzer last year. Remember that in my pre-tournament prediction? So I'm running one no, for one. Good. And yeah, I've got Matt yeah. Jones going here. But... Justin Felton is listening to this, and I think there might well, be some dispute well, yeah. about whether you actually did tip Abraham Answer last year. Absolute bollocks. I tipped him so far out. It was ridiculous. I can't write, huh? Justin Falconer wanted to go on. He didn't have the pills, the strength of his, <laughs> con- didn't have the strength of his convictions. <laughs> oh, 
Jesus. to ride home to Kumi Kanai last night. And he said he's he, he, he wanted to say that he picked him, but he couldn't have the uh, courage to do it. I just want to say that Matt Jones, um, I've interviewed him every time he's been home for the last five or six times well, he's, he's played at the Australian journalist, Open. Basically. Well, I just think like Ben Everill and Jason Day. Well, sort of because I actually re- I just, I've never seen him play. Right. Oh God, I've never seen him play a bad round of golf in Sydney. If the Presidents Cup was here next week instead of in Get Melbourne, in. Ernie Els would be an idiot not to pick him. Oh, hello, Ernie. Hope you're listening and enjoying no, the podcast. If it, well, Ernie loves this podcast. No, he does. He's, he's told us before. But he plays it down. He says it's a different course. I hardly ever play here. Yeah, etc. Yeah, but he's a Sydney specialist. It's like me when I step onto the first at St Andrews Beach. That's your track, isn't it? I just feel like I can't miss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Matty Jones. Yeah, it'd be great to see him win again, really. So, he's a okay. great guy. So, How fast does he play? He's, he's, great. No, he's great. He's fantastic. Uh, Gimme, right now, who do you like, Blakey? If you had to pick Boost one. Yep, yeah, I'm with you. He was, he was my pre tournament <laughs> pick, which I declared on 11 16 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. 68 66. I declared him my standout at the start, and you'd be stupid to change your mind, wouldn't you? Yeah, you don't want to change your mind. He's sitting there. He's one out, one back if we're staying in racing parlance. He's, he's positioned where he'd want to be, not in the glare of the spotlight right now, but just perfectly poised. Um, Paul, Paul Casey was fascinating last after yeah. he had, At the end of his first round, he did a fantastic interview. It's, it's there to be seen. If you want to go to Oz Open Golf, you can find it if you want to go back and see. He was in a great mood, and he was relaxed out on the course today again. He's enjoy, he seems to be really enjoying his time here at the Australian. But interestingly, he said to, Huggy, to John Huggin, who's part of the commentary team here this week, and obviously a great part of the AO radio family, but he said to Huggy last night after the first round, I need to, and he hated using the word. I, I was watching it. He hated saying it, but he said, I need more offense. In other words, I need to shoot more bird. I need to make more birdies around here. He came out today and shot six under to go with a three under in the opening round. He did what he needed to do. And he, he, he did it within himself, I reckon, Casey. He do, it doesn't look like he's really let himself go yet. He hasn't, you know, when they press, it doesn't look like he's really pressed yet, Casey. So. That's a pretty comfortable opening couple of rounds to get to nine under the car. I reckon there's an argument to say that he's played as well as anyone, including Matty Jones. Mm. Uh, he's a shot off the lead, and he put one in the drink on the third hole. Mm. Hazy and I saw that today. Uh, so he dropped one there. How up until up that point, he hadn't made a bogey. What did he do on three? How did he, he put it in the water? He flared it in the water. Uh, might, might have no, it bounced. He, he was. It was just on the side of the green, like it, so it bounced above. But everything was treacherously placed. So that pin was pin another sucker front. pin, yeah, yeah. front right, and anything that was more than two or three feet right was in. We actually watched a few balls suck back. Well, there were in two there. in that group, weren't there? Yeah, two in that group. Minwoo Lee fell victim to it. Sergio Garcia had the double bogey there that ultimately cost him his chance. Uh, it was a sucker pin. He fell for it. Only mm. that's the only blemish he's had on his card in 36 holes, um, Paul Casey, and he hit the green. It just kicked right, so it's pretty good golf, isn't it? it? It's outstanding golf. Mm. So we're sticking with uh, Ustazen for here and You'd be mad to get off Jones. Well, I'm staying on Jones. Yeah. Just one last stat on Matt Jones for me. He's finished in the top 10 at the Australian Open five times in his most recent eight starts in this tournament. Mm. That is outstanding in golf. Yeah, my word. He mm. deserve, he, on that sort of form line, he deserves a second. He's had a really good career, Matty Jones. You know, he's, he's 
basically held his ground and, and played really good golf on the US Tour for how many years, Hazy? Ten, ten years? Yeah. Twelve, 12 years? Yeah, he's been up and down a couple of he's times. Had, he's had to oh, find it, probably. Yeah, yeah. probably. But he's won it. the Houston Open. He's uh, He's got his full card this year. He's already 55th on the FedEx Cup points list at the, at the Christmas break. Yeah. He's going great guns, and there's no reason he can't win. We should run down the board a bit. Just before you do, Blake, how's your yender going? Your, your chief yender. Oh, my God. God. It's so cold. Gee, Andy's ale is delicious. Elixir of the yeah. gods. Jeez, um, oh, this is cruel, you Keep two. going. Uh, Paul Casey has mentioned nine under alongside a bloke we've barely even mentioned here, who was the runner-up last year, Dimmy Papadakis. Well, I'm surprised today in your stint in the van that you didn't mention his pecs because you are obsessed with the male body and you mention it often. And I'm very disappointed. I was, and I wasn't disappointed. I was just surprised that you didn't dwell on the Papadatus <laughs> physique at some stage today because generally you, you do – you drool over the male body every now and again. <laughs> not not be careful here. He's, oh, he's, mate, he's, he's sharing a room with me. <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, I don't think, he's, he gets I don't think to you've, got a, you've got enough to worry about. He gets about. to see Adonis every right. morning. <laughs> for the record, I want to say there's been no <laughs> drooling of any description in our unit. I <laughs> know, uh, oh, he's far from David. <laughs> Although he's got something, he's got something in common with him. <laughs> How would you know? I'm just guessing. I have had your knee in the back of my head. I hope it was your knee. Oh, anyway. I hope it was your knee anyway. Oh, I didn't yeah. think we'd be working. <laughs> oh my God, we've worked blue oh, just this a lot. We're working blue. Gone on another level. Yeah, What's this in his yender? <laughs> Uh, Dimi Papadatos and Paul Casey at nine under. Cameron Tringali has mentioned. Louis Ustase and Denzel Jeremiah. An oh, unbelievable what a story. story. Can someone tell me more about this kid? So he played one tournament in 2015. Did not play another pro event until 2019. This is his 11th tournament start, pro <laughs> tournament start. And I've never, heard, I've never heard of him. I know some people who have watched no. a lot of amateur golf. I, never, I know he went... He's had a couple of reasonable performances lately. In a How old of... is he, Hazy? Do you know? I've uh, been in his early twenties. Mm. He's yeah. built like a he's built like an All Black. Like he's again, I'm not to, <laughs> not to stand on your ground here, but he's he's a powerful looking shit. Maybe I'm sitting too close to you. It's catching, but um, he's a, not that there's anything wrong with that. He's Andy. not at all. He's an athletic. He's a big, strong kid. So I'm fascinated by by his well, story. He, it, and part of his story is as a Kiwi who has grown up playing in amateur events with, you know, the likes of Daniel Hillier and all the great Australian young guys coming through that we've spoken about so regularly. He's played a lot in Australia. He's been over here and he knows the courses. And he, he feels okay. familiar around yep. a lot of the young guys in the, in the squad. So I don't, I've never really chatted to him too much other than to say that he's just a, he's a cruisy sort of a Kiwi, yep. you know. So Shay Wolves Cobb, um, speaking yep. of New Zealand, I know he's from Queensland. Asthmatic. He's asthmatic playing in this, these conditions. Is he? He is. I was speaking to him afterwards and uh, he said that he's been okay with it because he spent the last year, he turned pro this time last year, and he spent most of the year playing around Malaysia and KL yeah, it's and all that. Thick atmosphere and they had there, yeah. bushfires there and everything. So he really struggled over there. He actually said that he pulled out of a couple of events because he was just struggling so much with it. So this week he's actually been all right. Today he shoots 65. Yeah. Has he coped okay? Did he say he's been he all said right? He, he said he's been okay. Okay, right. And he's got an ability, Andy. Uh, you might remember when he was uh, last an amateur, he was leading for. A brief period, the Asian Amateur Championship, Royal Wellington. Oh, I do. I was watching it. Yeah. And he shot a yeah. 63 there. And that's the capacity he has to really go low. Yeah. Um, he can pile on a lot of birdies in a hurry because 
of all the guys coming through of his age, he's the best putter. Who was the other New Zealand? The blonde-headed New Zealand kid is... We like the cut of his jib too. Um, Daniel Nick, Gillian? No, Nick Voke. Oh, Nick Voke, yeah. Was he in that tournament? I think he might have been playing. Yes, he was. Yeah, he, he was the was. one yeah. who yeah. Uh, basically took the athlete's oath at that tournament. Yeah, he was. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, Takumi Kanaya is also at eight under. Just a sort of a more of a tradesman's like round today from him. Yeah. Um, rather than flashy. So, he, you know, the overnight leader, I think you've done really well as an amateur, Blakey, to, to yeah. sleep on the lead and not go backwards too far. Uh, in a big solid tournament. Still shot two under, didn't he? I mean, was, yeah. you know, he's had a good round. Well, of yeah. course, he, he started late. So, but Tommy, but Tommy tees off. He's already lost his lead, and then he, you yeah. know, he only shoots two under. So he gives some ground, but he's still in the mix. And Kevin, I Yu, wouldn't write him off. No, definitely not. Kevin, you, Lucas, Michelle, Scott, Arnold, seven under. Ben Eccles, a great round today, sixty-eight. Um, sort of a comeback of sorts in That's terms of story. form for him. Mark Brown had a bit of an up and down round, an eagle, a double bogey. Bit of everything there for the veteran New Zealander. He's at six under alongside Brett Rumford. A bit of a smoky for me, Blake Windred, Mark Leishman, and Hayden Hopewell, who we said before, continues to impress. I don't want to talk about Dean Lawson, Andy, but... No, he's, oh, you do, you, he's I mean, you're clearly you're delighted. He's, you know, from <laughs> Curlew. Lives up on the Goldie now, doesn't he? But um, for Curlew's man, and that's your club, and you should rightfully be proud of uh, everybody that comes out of that golf club because it... It you know it conducts its, it conducts its business the right way at yeah. golf clubs. So it's, so David Michaluzzi I'm looking at here tied 24th. He's from my unbelievable. He's in the lead. He's from my club. Yeah, he's in the lead at one point today. He started out in the morning. He had he had uh, four early birdies. Got up into the lead. He's actually shot a 68 today with a bogey. Double bogey finish, if you don't mind. Yes. He put one in the drink on the ninth, his last hole. He three putted the eighth. I thought his head was going to come off. I've got to give him credit. I went and talked to him. He was fine. He said, you know, he hasn't been playing very well. He's just happy to be in red numbers. So a lot of philosophical stuff there from David Michaluzzi. He's one of our best young players, let's any, face it. Any last words from either of you two before we wrap it up and uh, draw bring to an end around two here at the 2019 Australian Open. I just want to talk Abraham answer for two seconds. Closes with uh, his, his last eight holes was 3-4, three, 3-4, four, three, four, three, yep. four, three, three, including an eagle on 18. That goes all right. And that, uh, that works pretty well if you're the defending champion and you've shot a disappointing front ra- for first round. So uh, he's worked his way back into the tournament at four under the card. And a massive shout to, to my last thoughts, Andy, to... No, there's Three. a couple, I reckon. No, no, I reckon there's four. four, four. Five uh, veterans here. Well, four in particular. All right, go on. You, Stephen Allen, one. a previous winner. Yep. Peter Lonard, a previous yep. winner. Greg Chalmers, a previous winner. Nathan Green's oh, yeah. a bit of a legend. Yep. And Rod Pampling, yep. the course record holder here, who's just in the senior tours category. So... Five guys have gone beautifully. They're all four and three under collectively. I love that Peter Lonard's right there. He had a double bogey today and still shot a 69. So uh, there's a lot of fight in the old fella yet. No doubt about that. Uh, Stevie done. Allen loves Stevie Allen. Uh, Barracks for a very good footy team, Stevie Allen. Uh, I'm just wondering whether Scotty being out, what does that do for the President's Cup? I'm not quite sure. So he can go down there and he can get prepared. Or would you have rather have had four rounds? Or I think he would have liked. He said he'd like four competitive rounds. You know, yeah. I think that's what he, he hasn't was, played for a little while. Yeah, and I think he was of the mindset that four competitive rounds here were going to be more beneficial to him than, than so, so whatever not, the alternative. Not ideal are. in President Cup, President's Cup context. Can, can I just say one yeah. thing before? Just yeah. on that. Uh, external to what's going on here, but threaded through it. Did you have a reaction to Ian Baker Finch's comments overnight that we all woke up to this morning that uh, he was 
uh, surprise at the Australian Open this year was being held here that he thought would have thought it'd be... No, oh. no, sorry. It was not surprised that, but the players who were playing here, who were in the President's Cup, were doing themselves perhaps a disservice. That's not the word he used, but he thought they should have been... Their time could have been better spent by preparing down on the Melbourne Sandbelt than being here. They were, they were doing the President's Cup a disservice. Yes. If that makes sense. I... I, I we all we love him. We Baker love Finchie. Finchie right? He's a we great man. Yep. I think those words aren't really thought through on on a couple of levels because he's failed to make any reference to the entire American squad <laughs> who's in the Bahamas. Um, no yeah. reference to what they're doing at all. But I think the problem with that is that. Had he had such a strong feeling, and it was right, and it's not hard to argue that he's right. It yeah, there's be, an element of what he's saying be that's yeah, beneficial to yeah. anyone's preparation. But well, this course is nothing like no. Sandbelt. No, but we could have. The only way to fix that is four or five years ago, make Presidents Cup and Australian Open schedules that coincide. Yeah. Uh, um, it's it's way too late now, and to to run the risk of I don't want to get on the wrong side of Finchie. I love him, but to run the risk of denigrating the national championship is fraud, especially when the Americans. Uh, don't bother to even be in the country, period. Yeah, full, yeah, here, here. And for Abraham Anser and Louis Oosthausen, oh. these type of guys, they're all here playing in the time zone and playing golf. So, And, it, and you heard Louis Oosthausen, Blake, as you know, before the tournament said, you know, I've been jet-setting everywhere. It's been hard yakka with, on the body clock. He's going to wake up on Monday morning feeling fresh as a daisy for the first time in weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. Same time zone. Mm. It's going to be a huge bonus. Everyone knows that Sydney courses play differently to Melbourne courses. It's not the perfect lead-up to playing on Royal Melbourne being here. But it's a bloody good tournament. Neither does the Bahamas. Because well, it's way better than the Bahamas. It's a bloody mm. good tournament at the Australian Open. And as you were saying about Adam Scott wanting to get competitive rounds under his belt, there's no better way mm. to uh, to get ready for the President's Cup than to play an Australian Open. I don't care where, who, what country you're from. Here, here. Uh, yep. Do you want to, and again, I don't mean to make this a footnote, but do you want to um, bring us up to date? At all with the all abilities, is Abs- there, absolutely. Which, which is a magnificent component to this. I mean, it's look on so many different levels. It's just it's a magnificent thing that the all abilities golfers are here playing the same course on the same days using the same practice facilities. Uh, no discrimination whatsoever. It's all about inclusion, and it's a brilliant thing. The only discrimination, Andy, that I can suggest that we're going to throw in their direction is that because we've time constraints, we've had to record this before they've quite finished. Okay, so yeah. There's a handful. There's only one of the four groups finished, but I can give you an indicator of the leaderboard for as we head into day two. At the moment, Chad Pfeiffer, the American, the, the war hero, uh, is five over and leading by one from... He gives it a smacker. I watched him do Oh, he? yeah, he does. He really mm. does. Curtis, five over, Andy, on the... On the yeah, on okay, the well, really he's, br- well he's, he's, he's beaten a couple of the pros today. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Curtis Barkley, the Canadian. Uh, Adam Wabi had a bit of a, a blip mid-round, but bounced back nicely. So he's still got one to play, at, as, as has Curtis Barkley, but they're both at six over. Mike Brown, the Englishman's at eight over, alongside Brendan Lawler, the young Irishman who thrilled us uh, last year, Stephen Pryor is the best of us, best of the Australians at the moment. Uh, Shane Luke is at ele- uh, he's at eight under, sorry, eight over. Shane Luke, Jeff Nicholas, and Cameron Pollard, the other Aussie content- contenders, are 11, 11, and 13 over respectively. Kenny Bonts had a tough finish; he'd been going nicely at 16 over alongside Daphne Van Houten from the Netherlands. Uh, so good luck to every single one of those players in the next couple of days. We'll keep an eye on that here on AO Radio. Um, enjoy your Yenda. Oh, already, already don't solid. have too many because if you do, you'll wake up tomorrow morning with a sore bonds. 
And, and I'm part of the team tomorrow. You just kept me on the sideline for two days. I'm, I'm fired up. I you deserved you. a bit more Bont's reaction to that. I would have I'll thought. do the main group. group right? Thanks very much. I appreciated your efforts. I'll have the main Even group, I... okay? Oh, you're back, eh? What about that? He just saves himself for the weekend, the big and fella. A big shout out to Yenda. It's it's H A Y E S Y, Yenda. We really, I'd really appreciate it here. About six o'clock tomorrow night, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> be lovely. Uh, okay. That's inside the ropes, round two in the book here at the Australian Open of 2019. We'll wrap up. Don't forget, listen to AO Radio tomorrow, wherever you are, from midday East Coast time. And uh, if you can't get to that, and you just need a wrap of what's taken place. Uh, stay tune for our third round podcast of Inside the Ropes here from the Australian Golf Club.